The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, it was nice to watch VCU finally play to the level that you expect them to play. Yes, it was against a a team that's not very good. Yes. There's, there, there are questions about whether they can sustain this kind of performance when the, when the competition gets tougher and when we get into conference play. But they've been playing other teams that were clearly inferior to them and struggling to beat them and sometimes even losing to them. So this was a lot better. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Thank you for listening out in podcast land as this drops on Sunday. If you like what you hear and you want to, be, you want to help us out, Shoot us a little dinero. There's a link in the description on Podbean and in other places, just like our friend Kevin Sims did. Thank you, Kevin, for doing that to support us. We really appreciate it when you do. Uh, We like doing this podcast. It does cost money to do it, and thank you for helping us out. So, 90 to 63, and it it started right away, the very first play of the game. Is a good pass into Deloach. He gets fouled. He hits two free throws, and and VCU was kind of off and running from there. Because with them, you kind of know you usually know inside the first two three minutes. There have been some exceptions to this. What what how they're going to play and what kind of a game it's going to be. And it started right with that. And you know, once again, another dominating game from the foul line to get ten more shots than Northern Illinois. And because they had a really good night shooting the foul foul shots, probably one of the best nights they've had this year, except for Arizona State, I should say. Arizona State was the best night they had this year. But this was the best night with a serious amount of free throws that they've had. 25 of 30, 83%, plus 13 at the foul line. So, you know, the stories the story is going to continue to roll on. They're still going to be one of the most prolific teams in the country in terms of Making free throws and getting to the foul line, that's going to continue. So that was really terrific. You know, win the rebounding battle by four, minus three on offensive rebounds. But then again, the other teams, when the other team shoots 41% and you're shooting 52% for the game, they're going to have a lot more opportunities to get offensive rebounds. So that's actually not too bad. And and just a tremendous offensive performance. And also, let's go to the other big story that was from the early part of the game. David Shriver gets the start with with uh, Brandon Johns out. Would have been probably controversial for a lot of fans, given how David Shriver's played. And all of a sudden, he comes out and goes bam, bam, bam with three three pointers. You know, he and, and and he makes a very nice play where he where he fakes the three point shot, puts it on the floor. And, and sets it up, and even though he misses the shot, he draws the defense, and Jalen Deloach cleans it up 
with a stick back with one of the more easier offensive rebounds and putbacks he'll probably have all season. And it was just a terrific performance from David Shriver, which, of course, throws up the question. Is David Shriver the kind of player that maybe needs to actually start because he'll have a better flow of the game if he's starting rather than coming off the bench? Because, you know, this is – he had a good he – he did have a decent game the other night, 10 points off the bench. But here, I mean, this is his best game since coming to VCU – and, and again, you know, just about every shot he took was a really good shot, which is why a lot of them went in, which is why he made four out of seven and he made three out of four from three. I mean, that's what we were looking for. That's what they brought him here for was to be that kind of a sniper from outside. Well, he was tonight, but the question's got to be asked. Is he – was it the fact that he was starting? Was it just the opponent? Or, you know, was he just more confident – and, I mean, that's the thing. You look at the shots. It wasn't like they were just bang pulls, most of them. They were in the context of the offense, and that leads to another point I'm going to make shortly. So it wasn't like he was just cleared his mind and just said, okay, I'm just going to shoot on instinct and bang, it's going to go up. Because he didn't do that. I mean, he, he the, the only three he missed was probably the closest thing to that. And even then, he just didn't catch the pass cleanly. Because I think if he catches a pass cleanly and steps into it, he probably makes that one too because he only barely missed it as it was. But there was something about VCU's performance tonight and the three-pointers show it. Every three-pointer that was made tonight by VCU had something in common. And that something was it was assisted. And VCU tonight got 90 points, which again, doesn't happen often around here. But why did it happen? They were... They were playing as a team on offense far better than they have since the first two games of the season. 18 assists on 29 made baskets and only 13 turnovers, and that's the big one. That is the big one. If VCU has more assists and turnovers, it's going to be pretty hard for them not to have a good offensive night. They're just going to have to be just missing everything for that to be the case. And Ace has eight. And we have one, two, three, four, five, six different people that have assists tonight, which is a little low because you'd expect you'd expect when you have 18 assists to be more than that. But you know, Ace Baldwin tonight, eight assists, just five shots from the field. He gets to foul line, makes five out of seven. If if any night where Ace Baldwin's got more assists than shots from the field, it's probably going to be a good night for VCU offensively as well. And now, and there are cases where that's not the case. Well, that won't be the case. But more often than not, that means he's being the conductor of the orchestra, and that means the orchestra is probably going to be in really good tune. And you can't help but think that when you see him shoot almost fifty-three percent from the field. You know they all, they were almost sixty percent in the first half. That first half was sublime from them, and it, and it re- it really got going with Shriver hitting those threes back to back to back almost. Like that, and it and it flowed from there. Jameer Watkins' best game he's had in a VCU jersey, twenty-two points, and starting to stuff the stat sheet again. You know, we we've, we've been talking about this, and none did it too. One of the things that made Vince Williams such a great player and, and an almost player of the year level player was contributing in a variety of ways. Well, here's Jameer Watkins, 
22, seven boards, three assists, a steal, a block. You know, Jaden Nunn, to a lesser extent, same thing, four rebounds, three assists, three steals. And he only had eight points, but I'll say this about Jaden Nunn. His time is coming. I have no doubt, and I think it'll be soon, that Jaden Nunn will get a 20-point game or more. It's just one of those things. It's like he's letting the game come to him, and he's not forcing it. So he's not putting up these huge scoring numbers like normal. I'm telling you, it's going to come to him. And I, again, I loved his game tonight, Jaden Nunn. But I love the fact that VCU was sharing the ball. There was not a lot of stagnant offense. And again, they're up against a very terrible team. I get that. You know, they're going to be up against way better defensive teams than this, and it may not look this good. But how they played tonight is how they need to play the rest of the season because if they do that, they will be successful. And, and you know, we talked about it the other game. If you work hard for your teammate, if you share the basketball, it will not return to you void. Watkins, 22. Deloach gets 16 points. You only had one assist tonight, which is kind of unusual. Again, that's you, you're not surprised when you see him get two or three. But Deloach, 16. Baldwin, 10. Nunn, 8. Shriver, 14. You are going to get taken care of in this offense if you take care of your teammates. You are. And, and that's what people have to realize. And another thing I was happy about tonight, you know, listening to the game and they were talking about, oh, they're keeping a lot of their top line players in because in the net margin of victory matters. And I'm just like, oh, God, if I see anybody, I was worried that, you know, I'm going to see guys with 32 and 33 minutes played in a game where VCU was was under – no threat from pretty much seven, eight minutes in on. It was all VCU. I think at the second, un, I think at the under 12, it was 26 to nine or something like that. And it was never a game after that. Well, happily, that wasn't the case. Not one VCU player got 30 minutes tonight. Very happy with that. And, and that's important because when you get in situations like this, you need to use your bench and you need to save your best players so that when we get to the games where you feel like you have to play them 30-plus minutes, you can do it and they're not going to get tired. Um, so that that's so that's kind of the main thrust of this game for me were those things, the, the fact that they were getting the assists on the made baskets. There was so much better movement off the ball. There was so much better movement with the ball. Uh, Adrian Baldwin, Ace Baldwin, just controlling things again like he normally does, the great foul shooting. And again, smart with the three-pointers too because, okay, six for ten in the first half. Maybe you go crazy in the second half. No, they only took six shots from from three. And they only made one, but that's the point. You know, not overdoing it from three when you're hot early. And that and that's smart from VCU. And, they, and look, they almost shot 50% in the second half, 13 to 28. So they only one miss away from 50%. And that's because their shot selection was good. There was so much good decision-making. Go back to Jaden Nunn, somebody who we've kind of pulled up on a little bit because he struggled on the break. And there's a lot of times when he would just zig and when he should have zag and vice versa. Tonight, he creates a steal. And instead of going up for a bad shot and maybe hoping to draw a foul if he was lucky, he spots his teammate. I don't even know who it was. It was early in the game. And dumps it to him, and it's an easy dunk. And it's just like, yes, 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 yes. That's what I'm looking for out of you. And that's why I say, I know I'm sure Jaden Nunn's a little frustrated. 
that he's not scoring at the level he normally would, but I know a big game from him is coming, and we're gonna and it's gonna be a big game where we really need it because for whatever reason, somebody that's normally scoring is struggling is gonna struggle or anything like that. So that that that's the real big positive. The other real big positive, and again, I know about the opponent and all that, but no Brandon Johns. VCU still wins points in the paint by eight. That's that's terrific. They're attacking the rim. So they're really taking that that to heart that uh, that Coach Rhodes has been talking about a lot. So and, and that's the thing, you know, this was a battle. This was a battle of two of the worst teams in terms of turnovers in the country. You know, I one of my one of the guys I was I, I talked to here a, a lot on on Facebook is going you know goes to the game for the first time, and I'm like, prepare yourself. This is you know 328th in turnovers versus 331st or whatever whatever the heck I said to him last night, and you know you when you're talking about I mean I thought I I was in my mind I was setting the over under for total turnovers at like 35 for these two teams because they turn it over that they they almost turn it over that much on average. Well, we end up with 31 total turnovers and VC only had 13, and that is that is the level. I mean. Not much more than that, but 14 turnovers and under, VCU can be a pretty darn good offense in that situation. And that's that's the thing. is like, you know, the frustration we had the other day about the Radford game and about what Coach Rhodes did or didn't say in the post game. And again, I didn't hear it, so I can't make any judgments on that. About, you know, we're just, it's going to be ugly and we're just, you know, we might be a team that just commits a lot of turnovers. It's like, no. Because that is the one thing that holds this offense back. It's like when they don't do it, they score a lot of points. That is, and and that was true last year. And it's and we've seen it about three times now. The first two games of the season, and now when this team takes care of the basketball, they do have the firepower to 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 run with the big dogs potentially, and certainly in this conference. And again, they will face better defensive teams like that. I get that. I understand it. But even still, this this shows you what they're capable of. Oh, and let me put a spotlight real quick on Zeb Jackson because one of the plays of the game was that alley-oop to Nick Kern. And I had to watch it twice because the first time he did it, I thought, man, he threw that behind Nick Kern. And Nick Kern reached back and yammed that thing home. And that's a hell of a play. And then I looked at it again. He put it in the absolutely perfect spot. And again, I don't – the alley-oops have been an issue – and VCU's overdoing it with them has been an issue. But in a game like this, with a lead like this, that's when you can try it. Zeb Jackson could not have put it up any better. That was an amazing play. My goodness. And it was just great to see VCU getting to the rim and finishing with authority and dunking the basketball when they had the chance because that's kind of been a frustration for us. Um, you know, about the only thing they didn't do was 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 finish at the rim and get the get the two points and one. I think they had one of those tonight, maybe two. And they were fouled a lot and couldn't finish those baskets, and that was a little frustrating. But it's less frustrating when you when you have when you do when that happens and you're 25 or 30 from the foul line. And that's that's just tremendous from them. So this was a this was a really good performance. The question now is going to be can they can they sustain this for their last non-conference game, which is Wednesday, and at the start of conference play. And, of course, they have what, at least on paper, would be viewed as a soft start to conference play. 
you know, LaSalle, then Duquesne. Granted, Duquesne has done pretty well in non-conference this year, but, you know, the test is going to come right after that. That's when they have a really tough stretch of games, and that's when we're going to find out if, if this is what happened tonight is really sustainable. Um, and just a little tales from the non-conference tonight, Davidson played the number one team in the country, Purdue, and they almost beat them. Lost by eight. So Davidson, Davidson, that's game, that's their third game, and that's a home game uh, to end the first week of January. That's going to be a really tough game, and that's where they're, they're that's that's going to start their really first tough stretch in conference play. But I, I'm I was just glad to see VCU not only win convincingly like they were expected to, because again, you can say what you want about the opponent, but if you beat the opponent's brains in like that, then you're doing what you're supposed to. VCU did what they were supposed to tonight. They were supposed to take a team like this and roll through them like it was no problem. That's what happened. What was it? I, they didn't trail one time tonight. I think they were uh, – yeah, they were ahead for all but 29 seconds of the game. So, you know, two to, to – you know, it was I think two to two for 29 seconds and that was that was the only time – that was the only time that that VCU wasn't in the lead. That's what you expect. And so maybe they are going to start to gather momentum. Again, Navy on Navy on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. I will do my level best to get through with work quick enough so I can get home, watch the game with all of you, do the live video on the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, uh, which, again, if you're not a member of VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, join up. We have a lot of good features. Uh, among them, VCU by the numbers, which debuted this week, where we take a look at the numbers at, at VCU and and what they're situ- you know, how they're playing in terms of and how the you know the the ratings that matter, the net, Ken Palm, those kinds of things. Uh, look at them, and we also at least we didn't this week, but we also kind of look at where the rest of the conference stacks up in terms of in terms of those numbers as well. And, you know, coming into this game, the numbers weren't fantastic. Their offensive numbers were absolutely horrendous, and their defense had fallen way off compared to what it had been the last two or three years. Maybe those get a nice little boost from this, and maybe they can boost them again on Wednesday. Typically, if they're not playing Wednesday during the season, that's when we'll do VCU by the numbers. But if they are playing Wednesday, they will usually come out Thursday. So that's one of the features we do in our group as well as keeping tabs on our non-conference opponents <clears throat> and our conference brethren in non-conference play. And, of course, now that we're about to get to the start of conference play, be around the A-10. We'll be constantly scoreboard watching because that's what we do here. So I want to thank everybody for listening out in podcast land. Hopefully this was uh, a good part of your Sunday when this will drop or your Monday or whenever it is you listen. And hopefully Wednesday night live video, Thursday Thursday podcast for you guys out in podcast land after what will hopefully be win number four in a row against Navy and the end of the non-conference portion and maybe some momentum going into Atlantic 10 play because that's what we're hoping for here. So I want to thank everybody again. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for donating if you have. Link in the description if you want to shoot us a little money. We really appreciate it. Uh, and until either uh, Wednesday night, if you're in the Good and Bagley Ugly group, hopefully, or Thursday, if you're in podcast land. Talk to you all later. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, 
please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.